I'm Angelica, I'm from Mexico City and I'm a crazy QPR supporter. Hi Angelica. Hi, how's everything? Everything is good. I'm glad to be speaking to you. Great, me too. I know we had some concerns about the time difference, but thanks for accommodating me. No, thanks to you because I know it's quite late over there. It's not too bad. It's it's just uh, 12.30 and, and that's okay. <laughs> How are things in uh, Mexico at the moment? Well, things are uh, quite crazy, you know, because um, we're still in lockdown and our numbers on coronavirus are going up. Mm. But, um, you know, many people have had to go back to work um, last week. So things are going back to normal slowly, but um, hopefully it will get better soon. Yeah. yeah. But apart from that, it's okay. It's been raining a lot, which is quite unusual for us, but oh. it's okay. Okay. And uh, the last time we spoke, you said that you were going to start working this week or try and get out. Yeah, yeah, I'm back to work. Um, I've met some of my students um, last week. It was good. It was weird, you know, because we are doing it online. So it's all, it's never the same. But I think it's been quite good until um, now. So um, we're starting a new, some new courses next week and it's going to be uh, a lot of work. But I think it's going to be good. You would just want to tell everyone listening what it is that you do? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm a university professor. I used to say I'm, I'm a teacher. Yeah. That's what I do. I teach film analysis, um, design innovation, and um, journalism wow. at a design university. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> you told me that you, you love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a marvelous work, you know. Um, working with students, it's a privilege. Because um, there's a, you know, you're always learning. It doesn't matter if you're the teacher or the student. So it's a, it's a great profession and my students are great. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we have our difficulties, of, of course. Sure. But um, it's, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Angelica, for this podcast, I'm going to start with our most important question. How and why QPR? Um. It's actually quite funny because um, I have a lot of friends from the UK, uh, mostly from the north of England, mm -hmm. and um, they support Manchester United and Hull City and uh, Liverpool. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love those teams. I, I have to say that I, I love the Premier League and all the English teams, actually, except Chelsea, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, I've always been very fond of London because it's a marvelous city. I've been there uh, five times, I think. And um, I was uh, trying to find a London team to support, but it was never going to be Chelsea. Um, Arsenal, is, I, I've never been very fond of them, but I, I like them in a way. Um, West Ham, no way. Fulham, I mean, I, I was just uh, not happy with any of them. So um, I read on a, on a magazine that uh, Robert Smith from The Cure was a QPR supporter. And I have no idea whatsoever what QPR was. I was like, uh, what's this team? I mean, it didn't. <laughs> it was uh, like a very small uh, team to me. So I asked my dad if he knew something about them. Uh, my dad was a very big fan of Liverpool and he loved football. Uh, I mean, football around the world, he really loved it. So he told me that uh, he knew what QPR was. <laughs> he said, uh, it's Queen's Park Rangers, you know. Um, and he told me that um, 
a player he used to follow from Northern Ireland, Alan McDonald, used to play there. And he told me that he actually saw him uh, at the 86 World Cup okay. uh, playing in Guadalajara. So oh. it was quite weird because it was like, oh, you know, he's a really good player. So I started to look uh, the history of QPR. And it was like a, a very long uh, club, you know. Uh, it was founded in, uh, I, it, has, it has to be 1800s, something like that. Mm. So, um, and they've never won anything, you know. The, the history is like, um, maybe they were on the qualifiers of the FA Cup. They won the league one time. But it was really odd because they wasn't big winners. Mm. Um, and that kind of appealed to me it was like okay probably not many people love them i was really wrong about that but um so i say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna support this club it's gonna be weird or not because uh, i'm never gonna be able to see them play and um, they're not gonna be on television so it's gonna be really really frustrating but i'm gonna try it so i decided to to start to follow them um and this was like 12 years ago that's too many times. So, um, but yeah, that's how it started, actually. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic because um, it's quite weird, especially when uh, there's a team that you didn't share the language, you didn't share uh, the location. You know, it's quite difficult. So I was feeling very alone being a QPR supporter in Mexico because actually none of my friends knew them. It was like, well, what's QPR? I mean, they're, most of them are into football, but, the, you know, the team was too small for them. And I started to look uh, to some fans around the world, and I discovered um, a QPR podcast, Open All Ours, and I started to listen to it. And actually, that was the reason why I, the first reason um, that I felt part of the family, of the QPR family. Just listen to them. I wasn't able to watch the games, but I was listening to them with a lot of passion, talking about the team. And I was like, wow, I, I want to be like them one day. Um, and yeah, uh, suddenly um, we started to uh, to catch more uh, Premier League games around here in Mexico. And um, when when they when they went up in 2011. Um, I was able to to watch a few games on television. It was, you know, big thing for me because I was very excited about it. And when we went down to relegation, it was like, oh my god, I'm never going to see them again. I was so depressed. Um, because everybody said, well, okay, the championship is fantastic. You know, you're gonna love it. It's okay. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not gonna be able to see it to see them. So, so I went. Uh, I was quite uh, sad. But then I discovered that I could watch them overseas. So now I do it every every week. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> and how how are you able to watch the games now? Um, because the the team has a something called the QPR Plus Pass. So it's a subscription, and and you can watch it online. It's marvelous, actually, because yeah. I feel like I'm there. So I'm I'm really grateful for that. Because I didn't knew it existed. Actually, my friend Alan, who is a, a QPR supporter from Northern Ireland, he was the one who told me that this exists. Told me, I think it's quite expensive, but it's worth it because you're gonna be able to watch every game. So, so I listened to him and I did it. 
That's great. I wish we could get the championship. We don't get it here. Yeah, no. I think in Mexico we might have a uh, a couple of games uh through Skype. Okay. But just a couple of games, so not not many of them. I love how competitive the championship is. Every week uh, the, the table just shuffles completely. It's not like the Premier League. Uh you know there are no large gaps. Week on week you don't know who's going to be there and it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, no, because uh, like I said, in the first time, I was very worried about, you know, uh, going to the championship, uh, the relegation is always dramatic and all that. But to be fair, I'm quite happy with the championship because, as you said, it's quite competitive and all the teams are um, in a very similar position, you know, with uh, with the same level. So it's quite fantastic to watch the games. So, yeah, even though... I think, well, watching QPR is quite frustrating sometimes, but <laughs> but the championship really, really is fantastic. So, so yeah, I enjoy it. The history of the club. Did you end up spending a lot of time researching it? Yeah, actually, um, I think this is gonna sound like I'm a really crazy girl because mm. <laughs> when and when Tony Fernandez was um, took the team yeah. as a chairman, they uh, they had this thing called the four-year plan yeah. that it was the four-year plan to to take the team to to the Premier League uh, and to you know support them financially and all of that and they released a DVD and I I didn't rest till I got that DVD and I watch it and I watch it all the time because <laughs> um you know it's fantastic how this team was struggling a lot with money with um you know scandals and all that and suddenly they became very strong and they came to the premier league and while tony fernandez was like a hero to all of us uh, with qpr things are not the same now <laughs> but um but i know it, it was like a like a story of a team that was really struggling yeah. but that came very strong and that's that's amazing i know i mean teams like liverpool has a very uh, amazing stories but QPR has them too. So so yeah, I'm I'm quite happy because through researching about their story of the, the history of the club, I've been able to to develop uh, uh you know this crazy love for the team. So so yeah, I really enjoy it and I try to read as much as I can about them and all that. Um actually the oldest memory it has to be the 86 World Cup. I was just 2 years old, but I remember quite well that I was just wearing a nappy. That's <laughs> a bit embarrassing, but just wearing a nappy and my mom used to put me in front of the television to watch the games because um my dad was traveling a lot because of work. We were living in the southeast of Mexico in a place called Merida. Um and she put me in front of television so I could watch the games because my dad might be in the game because oh. he was able to watch uh, many of, of Mexico uh, games during that World Cup. Um, and I remember just standing there not knowing what was happening, uh, but people um, shouting uh, the name of a Mexican player that became very famous, that it's uh, Hugo Sanchez. So they used to shout, Ugol, Ugol. And I was like very happy because <laughs> he was on on the screen. So um, I think that's my first memory. And since then, I've never been uh, able to stop watching football. I mean, um, 
oh, I've been into football all my life. Um, when I was a kid, I was the crazy little girl that was uh, writing all the statics about the the games. It was crazy, but <laughs> I think I think it, it, I found some uh, comfort on football because it was like every time you support a team, you have a community. So it was very special because, um, you know, I was into reading and into films and into literature and all, all that kind of things when I was a kid and I was a bit weird. But football was something that kept me close to people. So, so yeah, that, that's why I love it so much. So the league, it's quite crazy. Um, we have uh, teams with a lot of money. They're able to buy players from France and all that and they have an infrastructure that it's amazing and we have smaller teams that are not able to do that but um, the league is competitive mm. I think it has a very nice level uh, we just started again last week since COVID okay. and it's just um, going well no um, actually we have a scandal of uh, one of the owners of the big teams it's going to prosecution because um some money issues yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah football is that kind of thing in mexico you know a lot of money it's going on so so yeah but it, it's uh it's a good league i enjoy it it's it's not as good as the championship but yeah i enjoy it <laughs> i watched uh, on netflix the series with uh, maradona in uh, mexico have you seen that yeah is it always that crazy or is it just because of Maradona? I think it was just because of Maradona because um, he's very loved in Mexico. Um, he's, you know, like, I, I don't know if he's even bigger bigger than Pelé mm -hmm. to Mexicans, but Maradona is like an idol. So, so, yeah, when he came to work with Dorados, it was, you know, everybody went absolutely crazy. So, yeah, probably it was because of him. Tell me, who is your club legend? Uh, definitely Alan McDonald, um, because I've, I've, I've seen him play in tape, you know, okay. obviously not live. And he was fantastic. He was an absolutely great player, and he did a lot for the team. And um, definitely Alan McDonald is my, my club legend. But um, to be fair, I, I have to say that Stan Bowles, also has a, a very uh, important place in my heart. Uh, I actually saw Stan the first time that I went to see QPR uh, live at Loftus Road. It was during Stamboul's game. So it was fantastic to see how everybody on the club loves him uh, so much. The family has been so close to the team all this time. So so yeah, Alan McDonald and Stan Bowles, I have to say that they're absolute legends to me. And even if I if I didn't get to see them play, uh, if even if it, if they are from another era, you know, um, and of course I love this team because of Alan McDonald, so I wouldn't say any other name, and um, I, I'm quite upset with him. <laughs> and well, um, uh, I also have a very uh, a very true love and deep love to the players that I started to watch in 2011. Uh, Clint Hill uh, has a very, very special place in my heart. Um, he's from Liverpool and I adore him. And he he's always been very nice with QPR. And Alejandro Forlin from Argentina, um, who is a fantastic man. I don't know. I, I love them all. <laughs> okay. 
the player you feel deserves a bit more praise for the time of the club? Mm, that's actually a very dif- difficult question because uh, QPR fans are quite uh, fair with their players, but mm, I would say probably Jamie Mackey because uh, he was fantastic, uh, but he never got the QPR legend title, you know, and uh, I think probably him. But I think everybody loves him. I, I've never met a QPR fan that doesn't like Mackey. It's just that he wasn't labeled as a legend, I would say. Um, I think Scowen actually gave us uh, all his effort. I mean, he just left QPR last year. I, I saw him every, every match doing 100% of effort. And uh, he was, I mean, sometimes he wasn't great, but you can be great all the time. And and yeah, he, he got a bit of harsh treatment. So So to me, yeah, when he went away from QPR, I was very sad. And... Very few people were saying that they were uh, feeling bad about Scowen leaving. And um, yeah, I think he deserves a better place in our team because I've never seen a player doing so much for the team on the pitch. I mean, maybe he was not a guy that used to talk too much, that used to be, you know, um, on the spotlight, you know, but but I think uh, he deserved better. Uh, And he is now at Sunderland, I was reading. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but I don't think he's got a chance to play. He he joined just uh, when was it, January? Yeah, yeah, and that and that's probably the reason is because he's very laid back. Okay. So probably that's why he's not getting a a chance on the team. And but I think he's a great player. I mean. And, you know, sometimes the player is not just uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, no? Yeah. You know, it's not always this big star. Um, the good players are also the ones that give all all their efforts, that that give 100%. So, but yeah, he has to do more noise to be heard. Young players, you are looking to see more of in the years to come? Um, definitely Ilya's chair. Because I think he's going to be brilliant. I mean, he's too young. He's fast. He has very good condition. He's dedicated. He um, So I think he's going to be great. I would say Evere Esse too. But I, he's going. <laughs> I know he's going. Because um, he's a fantastic player. So I, I know the bets are high for him. So I think he's leaving QPR. Who are QPR's biggest rivals? Uh I'm going to say Chelsea, <laughs> um, because, you know, it's a London t- thing. Um, and it's not, actually, it, I mean, it's nothing wrong with Chelsea on the pitch. I mean, as players and as all that. But um, I don't know, uh, we have a, a lot of history with them. And, you know, John Terry, who is a big a Chelsea figure has got a very bad history, bad behavior, and I don't think QPR are gonna be able to forget that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think Chelsea definitely. Um, but we also have our rivals on the championship, and um, I think we with Brentford we don't get along quite well. So yeah, with with the London teams, it's our biggest rivals, but the rest are okay. <laughs> What is it about Chelsea in particular? Um, just... To be fair, because um, I think uh, Chelsea, it's, a, it's an organization that it's quite, you know, they have a lot of money. Um, they 
sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes they look a bit like mercenaries, like players that come for a lot of money, then go out on the next season, and that the team doesn't have a very deep tradition or players that uh, stay long. Of course, Frank Lampard is uh, an exception. You know, Frank has been a great player for Chelsea and he's now mm -hmm. the coach. So um, I think he's respectful, you know, in, with, with his team and all that. But um, when, when the teams have this kind of money, you know, history becomes very weird because it's all about the money and not about the passion about the team. So I think that's why, because QPR, it's about passion. Chelsea, it's about money. So, yeah. Please, Chelsea fans, don't hate me. But yet. <laughs> but that's something that I feel that is different in the championship uh, teams. I feel that it's still a rich league by most standards. It's still a rich league. But the teams are built around community and things like that. And this was something I, I wanted to bring up earlier as well. When I was growing up in all those years, it was always Loftus Road, right? I mean, that was the stadium. Yeah. And it's no yeah. longer called that, is it? No. It's... No, now it's the Kayan Prince Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, okay, there was a... Um, very uh, harsh debate about it um, because, um, you know, many of us still call it Loftus Road, um, but it's not out of disrespect or anything. I think it's just because of the tradition. Um, the Kayan Prince Foundation was, um, you know, the, the owners were uh, looking for a charity to name the, the, the football ground after a charity. And uh, they actually made a poll with the with the supporters and all of that. And the Kayan Prince Foundation um, was the winner. And I think it's a very um, you know you know it's a very good cause. Yeah. So uh, Kayan Prince uh, was uh, a, a young man that was murdered, and so they took his name to do this foundation. And I think that's very something very lovely to do. And uh, so we took the, the name of the stadium. And um, it's weird. Mm -hmm. I, I have to admit it. It's weird. It's odd because uh, we were very used to call it Loftus Road. But um, I think it's an honorable thing to do, yeah. to name the, the stadium of an uh, institution that is doing great work. So it's all right. Yeah. And nobody, nobody gives you a bad luck uh, if you say Loftus Road. So it's okay. Uh, yeah, but it, that's now the Kayan Prince Foundation Stadium. I love that. It's it's a very noble thing to do, especially when you have a, a team like QPR and generations upon generations know it as Loftus Road. And we sometimes get very used to holding on to these traditions. I was reading about it uh, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And I think that it's a very bold move. I'm sure uh, most people, especially some older fans would, not have liked it, uh, but uh, at the same time, I think it's a very, very noble gesture on the part of the club. Yes, definitely. And and to be fair, um, in the beginning, I think um, some people were like, "Oh, we're gonna call it Loftus Road, anyways." But um, but most of them, most of the fans are quite happy because, as you said, uh, this club is uh, very concerned about the community and 
and they've done a lot of great work, not just with with the Cayenne Prince Foundation. And you know, I don't know if you heard, but when the Greenfield Tower uh, caught fire, uh, QPR uh, did some uh, uh, football match on benefit of the victims of Greenfield because Greenfield is quite close to to Loftus Road, and um, they were very concerned and very uh, you know supportive of the community. So. It's a fantastic team. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with the new name. I told you that the first time that I felt part of, of the QPR family was through uh, listening to the QPR podcast, Open All Hours. Um, uh, I started a, a great friendship with uh, one of the guys from the podcast, uh, Paul Finney. And uh, he's from Northern Ireland too. World is too small. <laughs> so... I was going to England in 2017. So he um, he said, well, if you're going to be here, you have to see QPR. So he got me tickets for the uh, for the Stambouls game. And it was fantastic. I, I get to meet him finally in person and to meet uh, some great friends, Cindy and Alan. And, uh, and we became even closer because we were now uh, good friends. Um, so and and they say please come back soon. You know it's gonna be fantastic and all that. And um, but after 2017, my life came apart mm. uh, very harshly because um, my dad was very ill. He was a diabetic, but also uh, in his last time, he suffered from prostate cancer. Oh. So it was quite devastating because uh, he was well, and one year after he was very, very bad, in a very bad shape. And um, he actually uh, died two years ago. So I was having a very, very harsh time, and my mom was uh, going to the hospital all the time. I was very, very, you know, going insane with all of that. And um, <laughs> and Paul told me. You know, you should come to to England, and um, we're gonna find a way to make you feel better. And I was like, yeah, I want to go. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, but I, I want to go. And and suddenly, I decided that I I wanted to go uh, to Northern Ireland to do some shooting of a short film. Um, I wanted to go to Belfast for all my life, so I <laughs> so I decided to do it, and um, I am. I was invited to to a QPR game, but this was an away game at Sheffield United ground. Um, it, it was great because we went on the train to see the game. We lost, like we always do. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a great experience, and um, I went with my friend Cindy, who is fantastic. Uh, she's a great person. And uh, when we came back, Paul asked me if I was able to go to the training ground, okay. uh, to the QPR training ground uh, the, for the next day. And I was like, to the training ground? Like, why? <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure. I mean, whatever QPR is, you know, I'm going to say yes. Um, he didn't tell me what's, what was going on. <laughs> um, but I received an email while I was staying in London from Paul Morrissey, uh, who was doing the QPR media and all that. And then from Caroline Shade, who was the uh, assistant of the manager of Steve McLaren, to tell me that Steve McLaren was inviting me to the uh, QPR training ground 
to meet the players. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, mean, I, I was like, uh, how is this possible? Because um, as you say, in Mexico, it would be impossible to meet your players and to have lunch with them and all that. It, it's like you would never think of that. So um, I went to the QPR training ground who, who was quite far from where I was staying. It was uh, close to Heathrow Airport. Um, <laughs> I went on my own. Uh, it was very weird. I was very nervous. I didn't know what to do. And uh, they told me, you just ask for Caroline Shea. She's going to take care of you. And I, I came to the ground, to the training ground, and I asked for Caroline. And she said, you are the manager's um, guest. So we're going to treat you like, uh, you know, you're going to have whatever you want. Wow. You can meet all the players. You can stay here as long as you want. Um, they show me the whole, uh, you know, the whole installations where uh, the, locker, the locker rooms, all all the things that, that were going on there. Um, and... And Caroline told me, yeah, come here. If you have a QPR shirt or whatever, they're going to sign whatever you want. They're going to be here with you. And I was like, this is absolutely crazy. I was like, I, I couldn't believe it, actually. It was like a dream come true, but too odd to be, to be true. Um, so, yeah, I get to meet all the players. And I have to say, I, was, uh, I am particularly grateful with Angel Rangel, who... Um, He's from Spain, actually. We we uh, did some Spanish talking and all that, and he was fantastic with me. But um, Joe Lomley, um, our goalkeeper, I actually had lunch with him. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. So it was a really, really, really extraordinary um, day. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, like like it was very, very strange. Um and yeah, uh, it was like they're my heroes mm. and I'm here with them, no. Um I was able to hug Josh Cowan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, and, and they were all very, very great with me. And I've met Steve McLaren. He was very funny, he was uh, a great guy with me. So um, we took a photo. It was fantastic. So it was an unbelievable day. And um, I just realized that uh, QPR actually do this um, very uh, often because they want to keep the community close. So I remember the, the email said, um, we're inviting you because, you know, you've been through a lot of bad times. And so we want to make you feel better. And it was like, you know, it's your football team is telling you that it was unbelievable, and yeah, it was great. <laughs> Wonderful experience, experience for a lifetime as well. Yes, definitely, and um, it was too weird because um, I I'd missed the oral local game that was the next day, but I was flying to Mexico. But actually, Caroline told me, you know, you have my phone number, so if you come back to London, you just come again, come to the come to a game, you know you're very welcome here. So it was like, this is crazy, absolutely crazy. No other team in the world would do that. So I'm very, very grateful with all of them, with Paul uh, Finney and with Paul Morrissey and with Caroline Shea, with Steve McLaren, of course, that he's not our coach anymore, but I love him. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I love that and I, mm-hmm. I thank you for sharing that with me because um yeah. you know this is this is where um, it stops being about just the game you know these these clubs and what they mean to us and how uh, invested we are in them in moments like these when they it's a it's a long distance love for a lot of us but uh, in moments like these it's a love that's uh, reciprocated and you know you're overwhelmed by it uh, i'm overwhelmed by by the gesture and everything that they do and like you said it's something that they do quite regularly yes definitely and i was surprised because i, I tweeted the pictures after after my reunion with the, with the guys with the team and and everybody all the supporters were like you're part of our family you're very welcome here you know they're very warm people so QPR fans are fantastic. The football team is fantastic. The football staff are amazing. So yeah, it's um, I'm very proud to be a QPR supporter. To be fair, I feel quite honored to be to be honest. That um, even because you know we talk about this uh, the last time, it could happen that uh, if you're a far away fan, mm. they could say like. No, you're not a fan. You know, <laughs> like who are you kidding? You're in Mexico. You're you're not a QPR supporter. But they were very, very, very welcoming with me. All of them, all um, the players, the staff, the fans, all of them. So um, this this QPR family is fantastic. And the, the QPR community across the world. Do you know of any other fans from other countries? Well, uh, yeah, I know um, the QPR fans. Well, he's very famous, uh, Sebastian Garcia from from Argentina, right. um, Jacob Tingle from Texas, um, uh, Paul from uh, NYC QPR. And there's a lot of uh, QPR fans in New York. So, so yeah, and uh, I know Auntie from Finland and uh, more guys from Sweden. So, yeah. Yeah, the QPR community is crazy big. Yeah, brilliant. That's that's amazing. You also told me that you have a friendship with one of the band members from uh, Star Sailor. Star Sailor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is quite weird because um, James, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of Star Sailor, and um, they're a band from Wigan. Uh, they used to be very big in the early 2000s, and um, um, He's the front singer. The lead singer is a Liverpool supporter. He's very into football. Um, Wigan, it's, um, it's greater Manchester, but it's closer to Liverpool. So many people support Liverpool. The other members of team of the band, I think they support Man United. Um, but, um, I, you know, I've been following James for all 17 years, something like that. And um, last year, I get to make an interview with him uh, for a Mexican magazine because they were finally coming to play in Mexico City. And uh, it was a great chat. It was a fantastic interview. He was very comfortable. I was very happy with it. <laughs> and after the the gig in Mexico City, um, I, I went to see them. So many people are going to say I went to stalk them, but I didn't. <laughs> and um, when... When I, I was in front of him, he told me, you're the girl who supports QPR. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wow. And I was like, it's James Walsh. James Walsh is my idol. And, and he was telling me that. And I was like, yeah. And he said, why? 
So it's it was quite funny, and he's a great guy. Um, he's a very down to earth guy. He's a fantastic songwriter. So so yeah, we have uh, communication, and and we he only knows that I exist because I support QPR. So yeah. <laughs> so how how did he find that out? Because of my Twitter uh, picture. Oh okay okay. okay. Yeah, because because we follow each other on Twitter and. Um, We have a long story, actually, because uh, some of my students made a video for one of his solo songs a few years ago. So uh, we've been in contact through Twitter for a few years. And uh, he never asked me before, but the moment he saw me in person, he was like, you are the girl who supports QPR. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think he was very intrigued. <laughs> a game that left you disappointed? And a game that left you elated. Um, the game that left me disappointed has to be that uh, game against Man City when Joey Barton got sent out with the red card after punching Aguero on the face. <laughs> <laughs> I would have punched Aguero on the face too, but um, and and Joey Barton is a player that I love. But um, there was a lot in the game for us, mm. and um, that. You know, it was it was so frustrating and disappointing. And Man United and Man City were fighting for the for the title through that uh, game, and it, it was uh, you know like I hated Barton for for that sent off um, because he left us very vulnerable. But and yeah, I, I just had that moment in my mind. You know, like it's printed over there. So yeah, that that should be the game that I remember. Uh, the mo the most, and um, the game that makes me happy, QPR game that makes me happy. <laughs> well, it has to be obviously when we got up and the Bobby Zamora scoring a winner. You know that that moment was fascinating and yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, that that's those are my my ups and downs from QPR. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because ups and downs. QPR, where are they this season? I think it was a uh, 13 place on the championship. 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, the last, actually, the last game of the of the championship was quite enjoying because um, you know, we were middle of the table. We weren't going down or going up, so we were all chilled out. So it was good. <laughs> we enjoyed the game. So yeah. Um, and sometimes, well, very often when I'm watching the games, I'm very concerned and very worried that, oh, we're going down. This is horrible. So the last game was very, very good for us. Yeah. Like I was telling you, I find this, I get nervous. Yeah, it happens to me all the time that no matter, um, no matter what, I'm nervous. And um, last, last season was horrible because uh, we were always worried about relegation. It didn't happen, fortunately. Uh, but but yeah, you feel like you're losing your life every game. You know, like ah, oh, you know those those three points has to be ours, and when they're not, it's very very frustrating. But yeah, I get nervous every every Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I have a big collection of scarves. Um, I think um, I must have around fifty. Wow. Yeah, most of them from English teams, uh, some teams from Germany and uh, from Holland. 
well, the Netherlands, sorry, I didn't say Holland, the Netherlands and Mexican teams, of course. I think the weirdest one should be the Saint Pauli one from Germany. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I have, I think I have scarves for all the Premier League teams in some championship teams like Wigan, Hull. Obviously, I have like 10 from QPR <laughs> and um, Southampton, I think. Yeah, I have quite a lot. So how, how did you uh, start collecting them? I mean, QPR, I can understand. And the others? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a dream that was, you know, when I was younger, that I wanted to, to, um, to open a pub uh, oh. with the football, uh, football teams. So, um, so I thought that it would be a great idea to have all these scarves on the walls. So that's why I started the collection, but I never got the pop. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, you still can. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. That's amazing. You should have told me this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. I know every, uh, every town that I visit, I go to the football uh, ground or to the football shop and I buy a scarf. So, yeah, and, and friends... If they go to, uh, you know, some holidays, they bring the scarves from their local clubs and all that. Yeah. Lovely. That's that's <laughs> lovely. Wow. That's that's amazing. 50 scarves is, is no small collection. <laughs> no, it's a really big collection, but I should stop because I don't have place for any of them I, <laughs> anymore. That was, was going to be my next question. How, how do you manage the space? <laughs> no, it's crazy. I know. I know. It's, it's no, but too hard. No, no, no. It's it's uh, it's it's no small feat, man. Uh, fifty fifty scarves. That's quite a collection. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and uh, the only one that I'm missing. It's quite weird because when I when I was in Belfast, I ordered a Glentoran scarf. Glentoran is a team from East Belfast, mm. and I went to see them play. By the way, mm. um, and but I didn't want it to um. To lose it because I was going to be traveling, so I ordered it to uh, my friend's house that was in Hull. And when she was going to see me in London, I I told her, "When you come to London, you bring me the scarf. It's gonna arrive to your home, to your house, and that." But this stupid scarf arrived two two days uh, later oh. when she was in London. So and she later sent it to me uh, through mail. But it got lost into mail, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that scarf one day. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to be a journalist, and uh, I think it, many kids want to be a journalist when they're small. Um, but I I wanted to be a journalist because I heard about the troubles, um, this big separatist conflict between Catholics and uh, and Protestants in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I grew up watching films about about it, watching The Crying Game from Neil Jordan, who was a fantastic film, and it's still one of my favorite films. And uh, I started to read a lot of Northern Ireland history and Irish history in general. Um, and I always wanted to go to Belfast, okay. but um, the first time that I was able to, to travel overseas, I didn't went to Belfast because I was a, I was a bit scared because the IRA was still active. Well, they say I don't know if it was true, but I didn't. I didn't went. So it took me 
I don't know. The first time that I was in Belfast, it was 2016, I think. And uh, I've always been obsessed with with all of it, the culture, the music, the cinema, football. Uh, so uh, the football team, It. I don't want to get into politics, but it drives me crazy that they sing the God Save the Queen mm. anthem. It, it, I, I just don't get it. But people from Northern Ireland are going to hate me after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so it... it you know, it's a very intriguing place, and uh, they have a lot of history, and it's a beautiful place. When I finally got to, to go there, I discovered that Belfast is a fantastically beautiful city. It was I fell in love with it. I want to live there one day. It's, it's my dream, and I hope I, I achieve it. So, um, yeah, and I don't know, the music. Um, I've always been into political music, so, you know, and... And you know the the actually the the Northern Irish um, shirt from the national football team, it's very very similar to the Mexican shirt. Yeah. So it's always been like that crazy connection. Like um, our teams are very close. The first time I went to Ireland to the Republic of Ireland, somebody told me that um, Irish and Mexicans were quite similar. Mm. That uh, we were warm people, uh, friendly people. So I I have very close and very great. Irish friends and um, I don't know I just love the culture and I have a very very strong respect about it because um, I think uh, it's not easy to 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 be a country divided mm. so so yeah um, it's fascinating so and the fact that my first QPR friend was from Northern Ireland was crazy too was very very weird so yeah yeah, that that's my crazy thing with with Northern Ireland. Brilliant, and I hope I <laughs> hope you you uh, realize your dream and are able to live there someday. Thanks. I hope I hope I I I get to do it, and if not, I will go to do a PhD over there or something. Oh. <laughs> Is that something you're looking into? <laughs> yeah, I w- I was looking into it before the coronavirus crisis, and I'm, oh. I'm quite sad that oh. <laughs> Uh, everything went a bit crazy, but um, I will try to look for it in the next few years. So, my favorite question. You said you've been a QPR fan for how many years now? Uh, 12 years, but I, I'm going to be uh, more strict with me and I'm going to say 80 years. Okay. Because there were four years of, you know, crazy years. <laughs> it's been a long journey as a QPR fan. What has it meant to you? Um, it's a very tough question, but um, I would say that it means a lot because um, it's not easy to be in Mexico and to have all these particularly odd tastes, you know, in music, in film, in football, and being on your own what nobody else likes the same. You know, it's very, very harsh. But when I found QPR, when, when I found the QPR supporters, I just realized that um, there's a lot of people that uh, feel the same uh, about football, about cinema, about music, and that we share interests and, and, we, could be, and we could be very uh, good friends with them. To me, it means that I found a community to belong to, belong to you know, because um, it's... Um, it's very weird to be on your own, mm. uh, like cheering a team from yourself uh, in Mexico City 
when everybody else is just asking what is that team what does qpr means i mean nobody even knows what the team is so to be a qpr fan um to me it has been like um founding a family a faraway family but a great family because i have to say that um particularly Cindy, Alan and Paul are fantastic and and I, I thought of them as family. So so yeah, it's been it meant a lot to me. It really is like a, a very important part of my life. It's not like a hobby. So mm. so yeah, it it's full of meaning actually. <laughs> Angelica, thanks so much for coming on Parway Fan and discussing your journey of QPR with me. Thanks a lot to you. It has been fantastic. It was a real pleasure. I hope you had some fun as well. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I hope that you can visit QPR again and I wish you the very best and uh, what you discussed earlier about maybe uh, moving to Northern Ireland someday. Yeah. It would be really great because London would be just around the corner. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Angelica. Thanks a lot to you, Sean. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Thank you for downloading Farway Fan. I just like to ask you if I can to rate the show. It'll help introduce us to new listeners. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Farway Fan Pod. That's Farway Fan Pod.